Should we be concerned about the play of left tackle Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon's actually going out uh, to Dallas Cowboys training camp today in Oxnard. So we're going to have a, another live show later tonight. I don't know what time we have it planned. What time do you want to do we'll, it? We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out, but I, I think, I'm thinking probably close to like five or six Pacific okay. times. So Perfect. Just be on the lookout uh, for that, guys. All right. So that's going to be for later today when we get back from practice. Uh, but today... We're going to be talking about uh, some of your Twitter questions and answering as many as we can get to. The first one is a really interesting one from at Ben underscore Barth 98. He wants to see, he wants to know uh, seemingly every time I see the timeline, it's Tyron Smith getting beat badly. <laughs> is there cause for concern or just a small number of bad plays? Well, I mean, I think there's a very large reason uh, that that's happening and that that guy wears number 11 uh, a lot. And, and, and I think, you know, for the most part, uh, Tyron has, has been fine outside of, of, of Micah Parsons. I thought that most everyone else he's faced, he's, he's had winning reps. I, I will say that I think part of the issue here is obviously the fact that he goes against Micah Parsons almost every single rep. Uh, but the other part of the issue, I think, is that he's not, he's not taking as many reps. So you're not seeing as many reps with him in there. He, yeah. He's very, uh, they're being very, you know, kind of, limiting with him to, to make sure that he makes it through the, the, the training camp. Okay. Obviously they have tried, they're trying to learn lessons from the past to, to try to protect his health a little bit. Uh, I felt like that when he's been out there uh, that he's, he's looked fine. Certainly he has lost more than his, I would say this, he certainly has lost more than his share of, uh, of reps uh, comparatively to where he is normally. But a, a lot, like I said, he hasn't had as many reps, and the reps that he has had have been almost exclusively against Micah Parsons. So uh, I don't know very many left tackles who would have very good training camps uh, if they had to go against Micah Parsons every day. You want to know another reason why on your timeline that you're not seeing uh, – you're seeing a lot of bad reps from Tyron Smith is because the good reps don't make for great Twitter yeah. – uh, videos, right? Like <laughs> the people are, are, are the cameras downfield looking at the ball being thrown right, into the like, end zone, it, right? Yeah. You don't get a lot of engagement on, hey, it's a really nice block here against Sam Williams. Like, it, just, it just doesn't happen. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've been in the Twitter game for a while to know what works and what doesn't work, and that doesn't. But um, my thing for you is, like, have, have you seen a noticeable decline in Tyron Smith's play, or is it really just because he's going up against Micah Parsons so frequently? Yeah, I mean, I haven't noticed a decline. I mean, I think it's – I mean, I think we've noticed a – decline throughout the years i think he's not the same player that he was three or four years ago but 
but I don't think that there's been like some precipitous fall or a huge cliff that he's reached it by any stretch of the imagination. He looks. So you're not concerned. As, you're not concerned. No, about I, him I, I think he looks similar to where he was uh, in training camp last year before the injury, which I thought was a really good place. So yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned. I mean, I, I think I, I, I need to feel better about the situation when I see him against someone other than Micah Parsons because right yeah. now it's more about I want to see where Micah Parsons against other left tackles to see exactly. How how far he's gotten up? So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned about it as it stands right now. Michael Parsons is destroying everybody. So, and even if you were concerned, and even if the Cowboys were concerned, what other options do they have? Yes, you could play Tyler Smith at left tackle, but you're already dealing with a problem at right guard with Zach Martin being out. Now you just have opened up another hole, and I can guarantee you, even if Tyron is struggling a little bit at left tackle, which oh, again, yeah. we're not saying that he's not. Yeah. putting whoever else at left guard is just going to create a bigger problem that you're going to have to solve. Whatever struggles you may perceive Tyron's having, and, and look, you can have that debate, and it's all opinion-based and everything. I, I think he's looked great. I think he looked fine. But no matter what, I, I think it would be hard to argue that his struggles were such that you should put in any of the alternative plans on purpose, right? Yeah, like, like you don't want to play Matt Farniak at left guard, right? Yeah, at this point right now, we're not feeling great about the, the backup guard situation. So I don't know why you would force your hand there when Tyron is playing, at the very minimum, more than perfectly fine. Is it a little surprising to you, Landon, that we haven't seen more of Tyler Smith playing left tackle like in camp at all? Or is it just because they want him to get as many reps as possible at left guard? I think it's that that's it. You know, he got a lot of reps last year, uh, over a thousand real play uh, at left tackle. So uh, I think, you know, the, the idea is that the, we're going into the season with him playing guard, that he is going to be our starting guard. And in order to do that, we're, we got to get a guy ready. Who's never played guard in the, you know, the NFL at any kind of real way. So uh, I think that's mostly the case is that it's not that they've ruled out him ever playing tackle again. It's, they got to get him ready for guard. Yep. Last question before we we move on to some other topics. But do you have any interest in seeing Tyron Smith play in the preseason, or is it just get him to the regular season healthy and that's what we'll find out where he's at? Well, I think I have interest in seeing it, but at the same time, I'm not so interested that I'm willing to risk Tyron's injury again. I, after last year, when we got you know nine tenths of the way through training camp, and for him to get injured on the Frisco fields on maybe like the third to last practice, I think before the tr- uh, training camp was over. Uh, I, I, I'm more than on board with whatever bubble wrap plan you have for Tyron Smith, because, you know, look, would it be great to see him against other competition just to get an idea of exactly where he is, as opposed to just seeing, you know, him have to go against Parsons all the time. Absolutely. Uh, but I also think it's not worth risking the injury risk uh, that could happen. I'd rather see it in a regular season game that matters, right? Like I'd rather let him shake off the rust in the first month of the season than to risk him at all. Even if it's for 20 snaps Uh, in the preseason, there's no, the risk does not outweigh the reward for me. I'm in no way concerned enough to risk that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I I feel like he's been good enough that I could feel, I could write, you know, lay my hat on it, whatever the the phrase you want to say. I feel comfortable sure. going into the season with Tyron Smith playing the way he is uh, and seeing how it is. Because, again, like he's getting beat by Parsons, but he's doing as well as as, as anyone can against yep. Michael Parsons at times. So uh, I, I feel confident that he's at a good spot. Let's talk a little bit more about the preseason game the Cowboys will have on Saturday. Next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog. 
August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball and Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades, and then Underdog sets your best lineup every week. It's the easiest way to play fantasy football. I'm telling you, you've got to try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It is the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back. It's bigger than ever with $15 million, again, $15 million of total prizes up for grabs and an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Get your teams in now before the preseason games start. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day we're going to have another live show tonight after practice, so make sure you tune in for that. That'll be on YouTube. It'll be in your podcast feed shortly after. Uh, so again, check us out, Locked On Cowboys on YouTube. Landon, next question. Uh, this one from Jim. He wants to know, or John, excuse me, who needs to have a great game against Jacksonville in the preseason to increase their chance of making the roster? Well, I think it's a, usually with the preseason games, we talk about what's important. It's it's not usually the guys who uh, – you don't want to wait until the preseason game to make your move, right? Like you yeah. you will, you will you wanted to have been having good practices build up to this and then proving it in the game, right? So I think for me, it's some of the drumbeat guys that we've talked about, right? Like Jalen Tolbert. I think Jalen Tolbert needs to go out there, catch a couple passes, run some good routes against other competitions, show that you know that that drumbeat continues out there. I think uh, a guy like uh, 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 Turpin, you know, like sure. I don't think he's going to play a ton. I don't think he's going to uh, return or kicks or punts likely, but I would like to see him get out there and run some routes against some other cornerbacks and see if he can get open, maybe catch a pass or two. Uh, I, I think really the spot where we uh, need to have the most information gathering, I feel like, is the offensive line. Mm. Uh, simply because, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're not going to likely see most of the first offensive line or, or maybe we'll see some mix and match in there, right? But but what, all we've seen these guys uh, go against is the Cowboys' def- second defensive line and first defensive line, which is – you know, good. a good it's a good measuring <laughs> stick, but also maybe too much of a measuring stick, yeah, especially when sure. we're talking about backups. So, uh, I, I think it will be good to see kind of and and again, like they're going to get the opportunity to go, go against Jacksonville starters. So it's not like it's a huge step down or even a step down from the from the uh, second team guys, but at least it's another set of guys that we get to see these guys against and see how they perform. Uh, you know, uh, well against. I think a, a lack of familiarity. May may you know provide a different angles for some of these guys. So I, I know I mostly mentioned offensive guys because it feels like that's where there's the most kind of unknown on this team. Um, but I think on the side on the defensive side, it's it's the guys like Wanye Thomas. It's the guys that mm-hmm. are uh, uh, filling in for starters that are kind of trying to make a name for themselves as well. The down roster guys, obviously, if Mozzie plays, that's going to be important. Some yeah. of the, the younger pass rusher types, you know, really it's the young players and then the guys that you need to kind of have confirmed in a, in a game after watching them kind of have drum beat sort of practices throughout OTAs. And, and- I, I've got a couple. Um, yeah. Nation Wright going into year yeah. three, he had an yeah. awesome training camp last year. And I remember the first preseason game was against Denver. 
got absolutely shredded in that game. Yeah. He gave up like 133 yards, two touchdowns. And it was just like, it was so deflating after this, you know, strong camp. He's had, for the most part, a, a pretty decent camp. We think he's kind of on the bubble to make the 53-man roster competing with Calvin Joseph. It's got to start translating to games at some yeah, point. And if it absolutely. doesn't, if it's another one of these preseasons where he really struggles and he racks up penalties, I, I just don't know how you can afford to keep him on the roster again kind of, you know, after we've done this for the last two off seasons. Yeah. And, and I, I have to say Kelvin Joseph's on that list as well, yeah, but absolutely. you know, the thing is, is that Joseph, like, like we've mentioned, he at least is providing you very quality special team snaps and is playing on uh, inside nickel, which is, you know, uh, not a spot that a lot of these corners are going to be playing, but I would say that he also needs to uh, show out there for, for Wright, You know, it's always been about, you felt like nation Wright could be a better defender, at least more immediately. It felt like Kelvin Joseph needed a little bit of longer curve. Unfortunately for Wright, like he's waited too long. Now Kelvin Joseph has kind of caught up with him a little bit on the defensive side of the field. And then you add in the fact that he's a special teams ace, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of leeway that Wright was giving himself by being the better defender than Joseph has kind of, has kind of gone now. So it, it really is going to be an interesting kind of competition, despite the fact they're not going against each other uh, of how those two play mm-hmm. in these preseason games, because I think it's going to really go a long way to determine who's actually going to make up, make it on the team. I'll give you another defensive player. Now I don't know how much his roster spot is in jeopardy, but Jabril Cox, yeah, I mean you've got Leighton Vandresh and Damone Clark are your starters. Seems like Overshawn is starting to get better with every single practice, and that means Jabril Cox is the fourth linebacker. And it, for me, it's not even so much what he does on defense; it's what he does on special teams. Like, can he be significantly better than Devin Harper or Malik Jefferson or whoever else is out in there in free agency or who was going to get cut on special teams? I think this is a very important preseason for Jabril Cox to show that he has some value and he can you know, wear different hats on game day. I'll even go a rung lower than that and mention a guy you just said, Devin Harper. I, I think for Cox, he's likely to make the team. I think there's a, a better than not chance that yes. he's on the team, he, but it's not assured. I would say the odds are flipped for Harper, right? Like Harper is more than likely not going to make the team just simply because of the numbers situation. So if he wants to try to make that initial 53-man roster and avoid you know, kind of the rigmarole of, a potential uh, practice squad situation or going to another team. He needs to really show out in some of these games because I do think that there is enough room that if Harper really shows himself out, uh, that, that there could be some a, a hard decision to make. I think that they like Cox and Overshown enough that they're willing to hold on to those guys and give them yeah. – uh, I mean, obviously Overshown because he's a rookie, but Cox another year simply because they, they like what he does. But I think that if Harper comes in here and uh, and really plays well with his special teams prowess as well, I think they could make that decision really hard for the Cowboys. The, the last one that I want to mention, and maybe we're biased here because we like this player a lot, but I'm going to mention Chauncey Golston, uh, yeah. who I, I think you and I both think he's going to be on the 53-man roster oh, yeah. because he's different. Uh, he's He's really good inside. But I've seen a couple 53-man roster predictions by some really – insightful people like Todd Archer and Michael Galkin. I don't remember which one had Golston off the roster, but I, I do wonder, like, is there a better chance than we're anticipating that maybe Golston is fighting for one of the down roster defensive lineman spots? 
you know, maybe I, I, I think what you could be convince yourself is that there's been so much good play at the defensive tackle position for the, the, the training camp that you've seen. And and obviously we've talked about Mozzie Smith, but we've also talked about how Bohana's played a lot better. I have to say that even Neville Gallimore, the guy that, you know, after those practices that we talked about how we still can't believe he's here, I think he's really turned it on. I, I felt embarrassed that next day after having talked about him, how well he played. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's listening to the pod, but friend of the pod, Neville, if you're watching, congrats, man. Great practices. Um, I, I Maybe, you know, there's a situation where they feel like Gallimore's turned it on, figured it out, and, and has surpassed Golson. I haven't seen that yet. I, I still yeah. think Golson is an ascending player and maybe one of the guys that has some of the most interesting upside in that room as far as a defensive tackle goes. So, uh, but but maybe maybe they've seen something else. I mean, obviously they watch it on a much uh, broader scale than we do. So. I just don't think Golson can have a bad preseason and still be a lock to make the roster. Right? I think that's true. I, I think if, if you if you go in the in the game and you see him being pushed back. Uh, you know, in, in the run game and, and just unable to get off blocks uh, against their second and third team guys that there's just too many good players on the well, defensive line, you know? And, and that's what makes me wonder, like, okay, let's say Gallimore and Golston have fine preseasons, and it's Junior Fahoku who struggles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are the Cowboys really going to cut a fourth-round rookie? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. <sighs> look, I mean, if any team – look – I, I think that's part of what we need to kind of get our headspaces in is we've been talking about how we think this is one of the best rosters in the NFL. And, and, and I, and I do think that it is one of the best rosters in the NFL. Sometimes the best rosters in the NFL, you know, have to do things that they don't like because they've got too many good players, you well, know, like uh, so as you're saying that I'd be happening uh, there. <laughs> this sounds weird, but Bohoku could end up being like the lowest round pick that they cut because if they cut Gallimore that's a third round pick yeah if they cut Golston that's a third round pick and maybe they look at it like hey a fourth round pick is just less valuable than a fourth round pick let's keep Gallimore and Golston who have a little bit more rare traits who we can we know that can play in games and hey if Fahoku makes it to the practice squad that's great but we've got two better players ahead of him right now champagne problems will yeah. cause you to do weird things man you know like cutting a, a high draft pick because you simply have too much depth at your defensive line I mean again it's a it's a wonderful problem to have, but it's 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 an unusual roster building problem sure. to have, and it's certainly not something that's common across the league. The Cowboys will find ways to get the guys on the roster that they want, whether it's some roster manipulation, some guys getting uh, a little bit of a cold, you know, the day before cut that's down right. to go on IR for a couple Slight weeks. Slight twist of the ankle. Yeah, I mean, I know that the Patriots call the the Foxborough flu. I think the Cowboys have something <laughs> very similar to that. So I'm not overly worried. We'll figure it out. But I do think. Someone like Golston and Gallimore, both those guys need really strong preseasons to kind of solidify their spot on the roster if they are on it at all. I want to get to uh, some more Twitter questions. One about could Deuce Vaughn be RB2 next? All right, Landon, our last question here is about Deuce Vaughn. Uh, a lot of people are interested in Deuce Vaughn. We actually had several mm. people ask us about uh, could Deuce Vaughn be RB2? I saw our guy Mike Fisher was talking about that yesterday, that Cowboys have not ruled him out at all as potentially being Tony Pollard's backup. Where where do you think Vaughn is at in terms of the depth chart on this team right now? You know, it's it's kind of going back to that conversation that we had yesterday, right? Like what exactly is the plan with the running backs? And is it as simple as, Tony Pollard is running back one and everyone else falls in as running back two, three, four. 
I don't know if it is, you know, like I, I think, you know, we look at what the way that they handled Zeke and Pollard last season and think back to when Zeke was banged up and they had to figure out exactly uh, how they wanted to handle that situation. What they didn't necessarily do was give Pollard like all the carries and then, you know, Oh, we only have one running back. And then they, they kind of maintained roles, right? Mm -hmm. Like they just basically had Malik Davis kind of step in and, and, and take a, a percentage of the carries or at least the type of carries that you were giving Ezekiel Elliott throughout the game. I tend to think that that's how they're going to handle this moving forward too, right? Like I, I do think that Deuce Vaughn is running back too in some sense, but I think in the sense that he is Tony Pollard's direct backup for that role. Probably. I think if, if, if Pollard gets hurt, it's Vaughn that will take those carries. If it's, you know, uh, well, let's say it's Rico Dowdle who's, who ends up as running back too. If Dowdle gets hurt, then it's Davis who will take those carries, right? Sure. I, I think that, that's how they would prefer to do it because they view the kind of playmaking running back position as like a, almost like a gadget back sort of position. Well, right? I almost look at it like the way that you do receivers. Like if CD lamb gets hurt or whatever, you're not just all of a sudden, okay, Michael Gallup's a wide receiver one. You're probably going to insert somebody different into the slot to kind of take that role. That's right. I feel like that's what we're doing with running backs. Now it's, exactly. it's so much a, Hey, we're piecing this out. Let's just figure out ways to split these 23 touches up. Uh, the best way possible rather than saying, hey, you're our lead guy. You're getting 18 touches regardless of what happens in this game. Pollard runs outside zone well, so you have to run outside zone. It's like I don't don't know that that's necessarily what they want to do is what they want to do is that they have roles. They know what they want to do conceptually. Who's going to do this play better than, you know, Paul, than than that that guy? You know, it's 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 about mixing and matching for specific plays. And I think that's where, you know, Vaughn kind of plays an interesting kind of you know uh, a spot right where he's mm-hmm. he's sort of pollard i bet you that you know if if uh turpin were to go down and and, and he was part of an offense i bet he would kind of do some of the turpin stuff uh if the, if he if turpin got like a regular role in of the offense so yep. uh, i do think that there is some of that kind of crossover happening where it's not just as straightforward as oh deuce is now functioning as the running back and look maybe it is that way maybe maybe they do set it up that way and maybe Deuce Vaughn is truly the backup running back and that's how they're doing it but that's not necessarily how they did it last year and I also would just generally think that the way that they've assembled their running back room with the variety of body types that they have that I I think that they have more of a a plan on how to use these guys uh, and that would just kind of be reconfigured if there was an injury. And that's the way Mike McCarthy has coached his whole career, where it's, hey, we're going to have guys that are specialists in the passing game or specialists in space, and then we're going to have our inside runners. And just depending on how, how a game goes or who's out there, uh, we're going to figure out the best way to kind of cobble together the running back position rather than this is our number one, this is our number two, this is our number three. It's not it's not like a quarterback position or anything like yeah. that. You can, you can figure out ways – uh, to get all these players involved. So not ruling it out. I think it's possible, uh, but I think I think you're right. I think Deuce Vaughn is, has a chance to be Tony Pollard's backup, but not necessarily RB2 on this too, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, all right, so we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, Landon's going to be at a training camp practice today out in Oxnard. We're going to have a live uh, show later today breaking down that practice, so make sure you tune in. Go follow us on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. 
And we'll see you right back here later tonight. Mm-hmm.